Well, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be back. Been traveling the region the last couple of weeks, so I thank God to be home and being able to sleep in a little longer on Sunday morning and have a little shorter of a drive before church starts. Um, and I hope this month that you think a little bit like me. And as each Easter approaches, we get excited about the resurrection story. Because as Christians, you know, this is our holiday. This is our time where we can rejoice knowing that Jesus Christ died and he resurrected so that we may have eternal life with him. So I would challenge us this month, as we still got a couple of weeks to go, that you would rehearse the story of the resurrection. That you would rehearse the story leading up to Christ's crucifixion, the passion, that you would study that. Because there's so much inside those handful of days that transpires. And part of that story I want to talk about this morning. We're going to save the resurrection for Easter. But there's a portion of this story that I want to talk about. And Brother Pete referred to it during his Sunday school service this morning. And it just confirmed in my heart that this was the Lord's message today. And one of the other characters, as we lead up to Easter, that always stands out to, to me personally is Peter. And Brother Pete referenced this where, again, they were in the upper room, and everything transpired there, and Christ was betrayed and was taken away. So here are the disciples at this point. Everything that they knew for three years was gone. Imagine that. Your life, every waking hour they spent with Jesus Christ for the last three years, he was gone. Taken away to be tried. So these 12 men, 11, now had this chance to do something great for him? To grab hold of his teachings? Or to go back to old habits? And this is what Peter did. So this is in Mark, the 14th chapter, 69th verse. So they're taking Christ away, and Peter's kind of holding back. So he can see what's transpiring, but he is distancing himself. And it says, A maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, after they stood and said again to Peter, Surely thou art the one of them, for thou art a Galilean. And thy speech agreeeth thereunto. And he began to curse and swear. Think about that. One of the twelve chosen, cursing and swearing, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought upon, he wept.
And the reason to me why Peter sticks out is I see myself in that verse. Is not that I'm special, but I've had an entire life of teaching. You know, your parents try to raise you right, that you make the correct decisions in our lives. You come to church and we preach to you, and you come to Sunday school and you learn the Word of God. And we have this roadmap that we could follow in our lives. And we have this opportunity to follow it or not. And I feel like Peter in this instance where I have got to this crossroad and I have to make a choice. Whether I do what the Lord has asked me to do or whatever AJ wants to do. Think about that. How many times have you encountered that in your life where everything that you have been taught your entire life all of a sudden stops and you have this gut-wrenching decision to make? I'll give you a couple examples. I think I was a freshman in high school and I hung out with all the wrong kids. And I knew better and I knew the places I should be and the places I shouldn't be. And it was a short half day from school, and we went to somebody's house, and there was a kid who was a little older than all of us, and we were sitting around, and we're talking, and all of a sudden, this kid reaches into his pocket and pulls out a gun. So all the places I knew I shouldn't have been, I found myself in. And at that moment, I had to decide, do you stay or do you run and get out of there? And thank the Lord that something inside me said to leave. But it was one of those crossroads, those intersections that you have to decide in that moment who you are going to follow. Are you going to make the right choice or the wrong choice? And this is Peter. For three years, he learned the gospel of Jesus Christ. He watched Jesus Heal the sick. He saw the miracles face to face. And when the going got tough, he denied Jesus Christ. He turned his back on him and went down the wrong path. You know, so time and time again, we have these instances. You know, the scripture says anger and sin not. So little things. Something irritates you and you want to really give it to that person you're in an argument with. You want to you know, curse at that person who cut you off on the road. Little decisions. You can choose right or wrong. Websites you shouldn't go to. The emails that pop up, you just click and follow along, and all of a sudden you're in places that you shouldn't be looking at. Your friends tell you this is the language that you should use. It doesn't have to be these groundbreaking, gut-wrenching decisions, but there are decisions that you have to make on a daily basis. And we can choose right or we can choose wrong. And I'll flip over to uh, the Bible in Deuteronomy 
30th chapter. I'll read you a couple of verses here, starting in the 15th verse. And this is the Lord talking to Israel, and he says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Two choices. So this is what the Lord gives us every single day. And you read in the Book of Mormon that God's beautiful plan of salvation, part of that is he gave us free will. That he's not some chess master moving these pawns around and telling you what you're going to eat for breakfast and what to do, which decisions aren't even made for you. It's your decision. And it's verses like this that confirm that. God has given you one of two choices to make. Which one are you going to make today? And you skip up in the 19th verse and it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. You see, there are benefits when you follow that roadmap that the Lord has given you. There are benefits when you stay close to Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying today that our lives will be perfect in this, in this world. We will have sickness. We will have heartache. We will be hurt. Do not un- misunderstand me today. Those things will come across you in your lives. And sometimes we may not understand that in that instant. Why do we struggle with cancer? Why do we struggle with this disease? Why do we see some fall into the same sin over and over again? We may not understand that right now. But God promises us, if you choose good and you choose life, blessings will follow you. And those blessings may not be in this life. Because our goal is hereafter. Because the beauty of God's kingdom, there are no words that I can describe to you today what it will look like. There's no adjective, there's no descriptor that I can give to you today how beautiful it will be. There's no way I can describe what Jesus will look like when you go before him. That is the blessing he's talking about. That is the prize that our eye needs to be on today. Because if it is there, it doesn't matter what we encounter in this life. Because there is something greater. We have some purpose that we're striving for. To be with him in paradise forever. Think about that. Do you have purpose to guide those decisions? And is it the right purpose? So when we are stuck at the crossroads, and when we are stuck with that decision to make, we can make the correct decision. 
Because we know our goal. We know our purpose. We know where we are going because it's been laid out here in the Scriptures. And this is the cool part. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Brother Pete talked about this in Sunday school today. 32nd verse. So here's Peter. Before the betrayal, before going down the wrong road, before the mistake, before turning his back on Jesus, And then Peter, right before this, he promises the Lord that I'll never leave you. I'll never go down the wrong path. I will, I'll be right there, Lord. You taught me everything for three years. I'm going to do the right thing. But God knew what Peter was going to do. And he says this, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. I'm going to start with that first. I probably couldn't count how many times I've taken the wrong path in my lifetime. It was the first decision to put me in that room with all the wrong kids. So I had clearly gone into the, made the wrong decision to begin with. But in that moment, God had prayed for me. In your sin... I want you to understand God's grace today. When you were lost, when you thought you were forgotten, God was praying for you. And he still does. Let that sink in for a second. In all of your mistakes, in all of our filthy rags, God is thinking about you. He's praying for you because he desires you. He desires a relationship with you. This is the beauty of the story that even though when we stand at the crossroads and we make the wrong mistake and we go down the wrong road, he gives us chance after chance to turn around. He gives us chance after chance to make the right decision. But you have to choose today. I can't make that decision for you. Or Tim can't make the decision for you. You have to make it in your life. Whether you will choose good in life or sin and death. He says, and when thou art converted, talking to Peter, strengthen thy brethren. You know, see, the Lord saw Peter making the mistakes, but he knew the incredible leader that Peter would someday become. And, you know, sometimes we have to make these mistakes to understand how good God's grace is. It's just like that story of the prodigal son, you know, eating in the slop with the pigs. He came to that realization, you know, even the servants have it better than me right now. 
And he made that decision to go back to his father's home. So even when we go down this wrong road, we have that choice. We have the opportunity to say, ah, look what I did. I shouldn't be here. And God could pull us out of it. But it takes action on our part. It takes investment in our time to change our friends. It takes action on our part to say, well, those aren't the websites we're going to go to. We need to do something in our lives to avoid this. I'm going to delete these apps off my phone. I'm not going to associate with so-and-so people online. And we can avoid that trap, that sin in our lives. There was a verse I never understood, and I think I might have mentioned this before. If the eye pluck, offend thee, pluck it out. But what does that mean? You know, if, there are, if there is sin in our lives, we have to remove it. If there are friends, which I had, who would mock me for going to church, for skipping out on time with them to go to a Wednesday night or to go out on the weekends and go to Mexicali, quote-unquote, friends who would make fun of you because of that and say, well, this is what you should be doing. Those people you cannot associate with. We can pray for them that the Lord would change their hearts someday. But if that is what you are bombarded with every single day, you'll end up down that road. I can promise you, because I've been there. Using Peter as an example, you know, the Lord saw what a beautiful leader he was going to be, and he took up the church in Jerusalem. And when he was ultimately captured, they were going to put him to death. And they told him, you read in Fox's Book of Martyrs, we will crucify, like your, crucify you like your Savior. Like the person you believe is king. And Peter cried out, and he said, I am not worthy to die like my master. He said, crucify me upside down. Because I'm not worthy of what Jesus Christ has done for my life. What a beautiful example he was. Because he's an example of us. He's an example of our humanity. These are an example of our flesh. That even though for three years we have all the right teaching, sometimes we'll fall. And we'll make mistakes. But in that moment, God had prayed for him. God will pray for you and pull you out of that sin. But you have to let him. You have to make that choice to let Jesus Christ into your life. So no matter where you're at spiritually today, whether you've never been baptized and you're looking for that new relationship with Christ, whether you've been baptized for 30 years and you are in a rut spiritually right now, it's time for us to choose the better part. It's time for us to choose life. It's time for us to choose the good. I love the scriptures because 
They're timeless. And I love the Word of God because when you really get into it, the Lord gives us example after example. of us through these people in his life. You go all the way back to the Old Testament and you can see the types and shadows of Christ to come. You look at David and all of the sin that he had in his life and the Lord said that he was an apple out of his eye because David was quick to repent. I think David's another one of those examples in the scripture just like Peter where God reminds us that this is you. That no matter what sin you may struggle with, if you are quick to repent, I will be quick to forgive you. And that today is the message of grace. That as we build this month towards Easter, the message of grace today. That in our sin, in our filthiness, God loves us. In our mistakes, God loves us. When you choose the right things, there will be incredible blessings in your life today. When you choose good, there will be incredible blessings awaiting you. More importantly, by choosing the right things, greater things will await you in God's kingdom. May God bless you today.